On today's show, we're going to dive into our early all-Ricky teams, talk Aaliyah Boston and Ivana Doikic, plus Haley Jones' breakout for the Atlanta Dream. This Saturday episode of Locker Women's Basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallace for the win! You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Welcome. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. My name is Peter Guzman, Saturday host, covering the WBA draft, rookie scale contract players, and contribute to our prospect scouting at the next. Thanks for making Locked Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And remember, Locked Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm joined by my co-host, M. Adler and Lincoln Schaefer. M. Co- M covers the WNBA in the New York market and heads our written coverage of the WNBA draft at thenexthoops.com. Lincoln is an indispensable part of our scouting team. You can follow him at Dovienia underscore on Twitter. So let's just start out with our all-rookie teams to begin the season. There's an obvious one. We have Aaliyah Boston, but we've also seen some injuries from Morgan Birch. We've also seen some injury, an injury from Diamond Miller that makes, make, makes making a team like this hard early in the season. But I'll give it to you, M. What is your, what is your five? Yeah, so um, but before we started recording, actually, Lincoln joked about uh, making the process easier on ourselves and claiming uh, minutes restrictions. I am unironically actually going to do that. Not not a full minutes restriction, but there are a couple of players who, actually, as you mentioned, Diamond Miller and Morgan Bird would probably be on my team were it not for just a pretty limited number of games played. And I usually don't hold that against players when I'm voting for awards. But when it comes to something like all-rookie, there are players we've been looking at, and we're actually going to talk about a few later on this show, who have gotten so much better in the time that they've played and have actually become like really good WNBA contributors, not just good rookies, but good WNBA contributors in that time, that I kind of do have to hold it against uh, them just because, you know, in the time that they will be coming back, we're probably not going to see the same level of jump that we're going to see with the players who've who we've already seen that from. So in that spirit, my five players are obviously Aaliyah Boston, uh, center from the Indiana Fever, Jordan Horston, big wing from the Seattle Storm, Ivana Doikic, combo guard from the Seattle Storm, Haley Jones, uh, I guess a combo forward, kind of a point forward from the Atlanta Dream, and uh, somewhat controversially, Niara Sabali, big from the New York Liberty. Lincoln, what do you think? I, I I looked at Niara Sabali. She has had some really interesting flashes. Um, but the, interestingly, it's the the minutes that um, her minutes are a little bit low. I had also um, Boston, Orston, Jones, and Doikic. Um, just some fun facts to uh, put in here. Jordan Horston leads all rookies in steals, and is second among all rookies in blocks behind Delia Boston, um, and Haley Jones leads all rookies in assists and assists per game. Um, and uh, Ivana Doikic has been a really solid player for Seattle this year. And my fifth was uh, Lee Mung, who's been a 
really important offensive player for a team that can struggle to generate good looks sometimes. Um, and I also would probably have Morgan Birch and and or Diamond Miller on this team if they hadn't uh, played only four or five games. Um, and I also wanted to give a little quick shout-outs to Dorka Johas and Zaya Cook, who have been uh, among yeah. rookie leaders in minutes and points and just are playing on teams that are uh, in the WNBA, which is a lot more than you can say for a lot of the other rookies that have not played very many minutes. Hey, Mung, by the way, got her the first start of her career uh, last night. She obviously had a career high in minutes as well. Shot four for nine from three. Good stuff. I actually have the same exact team as Lincoln. Um, I think, yeah, I think I have the four. I think that we can all agree on those four, the main four right now. Yep. But, yeah, I just think, like, I don't think we're talking about Lee Mung in this episode, but just how effective yeah, yeah. she, how effective she's been as a shooter with with the funkiness of her form is just so fun. Like, in that Tyrese Halliburton The funkiness way, of that offense, like, she's not getting particularly open no, just shots like, all the time. Yeah, but I think she's been extremely impressive and starting to increase her usage as the season has went along. But she's unfortunately going to the Asia Cup, uh, I think, literally today or tomorrow. So you won't see her in Washington for uh, a few games, which is very unfortunate because God, do they need her? They do. But let's get into Aaliyah Boston. Um, one thing I want to note on her, not that there's not a lot of impressive stuff, but she has a, six, a greater than a 16% assist rate and greater than a 4% block rate to open this season. If her current play continues, she will join Candace Parker as the only rookies in WNBA history to meet that statistical threshold, minimum 20 games, minimum 20 minutes per game. So that's just something to track, just the effectiveness she has been so far this season. Like like, Like you said, Em, she's been an upper echelon big already at the center position, I wouldn't against... just say upper echelon big. I would say that she has solidly been a top five center in this league. Which is upper echelon. I know. I just want to be dramatic. Yeah, I just think with what she's done, um, I think we kind of differ a little bit on the effectiveness of her passing, but she's such a high field player. Like, just knows oh, where yeah. to be. Just knows how to slither through the defense, how to just find gaps, how to how to just mm. get her own buckets. Like, not all the time she'll be getting post-ups. There'll, there'll be points where she's just not getting the ball for stretches, but just the offensive rebounds, being able to position her body well. But for you, Lincoln, what have you seen from Boston, and just how do you think she's just developed over the season since she's gotten more comfortable um, in Indiana? I mean, yeah, the number one thing that uh, jumps off the screen, jumps off the page about Aaliyah Boston is the efficiency uh, she has a true shooting percentage over uh, 69% right now, which is really impressive. Um, it's it's a really um, – taking into account for the threes and free throw percentage, that is <laughs> ridiculously high. Um, and then having um, her rebounding, her defense, she, she just understands the game at a really high level and is – she she makes good decisions with the ball in her hands. She makes good decisions off the ball, and she plays solid defense. And she's just really good at basketball, and it's 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 a joy to watch. <laughs> and then also with Aaliyah, she is 
we talk about it with our draft coverage as well, but she doesn't even turn 22 until after the, after the season as well. So that's pretty good. Yeah, she very ranks, good. Yeah, speaking of the efficiency, if you like points per possession, which I mean you shouldn't, but if you do, she ranks first in the league. If you like true shooting or points per scoring attempt, which you should, she ranks fifth. She ranks fifth in the league points in true shooting in scoring efficiency. She is 15th seems, in rebounding. Seems good. Yeah, she's 15th in rebounding rate on a team that includes Nalissa Smith. Like, she spends most of her minutes alongside an elite rebounding four, and she is still a top 15 rebound in the league. It's She's number 12 in turnover rate, and like 12 in the good way, not 12 in the bad way. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. She's so good at offense right now. So good. <laughs> and it's not just like, and it's not just the, the sort of like, 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 like traditional post up. Uh, scoring, she's scoring out of the post basically the entirety of her game. But it's not just like post up scoring; it's being able to really get into the right spaces on pick and rolls, um, just being able to move through the paint. Uh, the, the, you know, to a lesser extent than what we see out of Shakira Austin that we talked about last year, but still being able to manage that space and get herself open there and just get these short drives off the catch. Be, just being able to—I mean, the people she's embarrassed so far. She she's she has thoroughly ended Bree Jones's all all defensive run. She she's made Alyssa Thomas look silly multiple times. It's ridiculous, but she's been doing it. And she also had that block against was it Natasha was it Natasha Cloud? I think it was. Um, there have been so many blocks I've lost count. Yeah, there's been so many. But let's talk about Grace Berger as well. She has I mean, hell, she, like... she she made Shakira Austin look look like a replacement level player. It was ridiculous. Okay, but speaking of Grace Berger, so far this season in nine games, averaging 1.9 <laughs> points, oh, 0.7 rebounds, 1.4 assists. She has yet to make a three so far this season, but 43.8% from the taken? field. She has taken – let's see how many she has taken. She's taken – How many shots she's taken, actually? She's taken Not 16 shots. She's taken two threes so far this season. But what have you guys seen from Grace Berger in her limited minutes? I mean, I've seen her in the same way that we've seen with a lot of rookies, especially, you know, we'll get to her later in the show, but especially with Haley Jones, Anna Doikic, Jordan Horston. There's sort of this almost S-curve of comfort in the league where, you know, it's pretty it's pretty rough early on. You can see minor improvements as time goes on, but it's not that big. And then all of a sudden you, you see really linear improvements over time. It's pretty good. Um, and it'll eventually it'll level out. We, we haven't reached that point yet, especially with Berger not having played too many minutes yet. Um, in the preseason, she looked essentially unable to dribble. You know, she could dribble, but just she couldn't handle any ball pressure. She could right. barely get the ball past. She barely get the ball to the to the uh, three point arc um, against any sort of ball pressure. And we just didn't see her for the first couple of games of the season, pretty much, and for you know obvious reason. In recent games, I mean, she's looked very comfortable. Certainly she's looked like the um, the Fevers at worst, their second best playmaker. She's been able to really, really just pull in help and read help and either find the right spots to pick her own shot or to set up her teammates off the dribble. In the Fevers game against Chicago, there were a couple really, really nice possessions on the pick and roll with Aaliyah Boston, one of which she, they both started in the corner. She was able to draw double help um, as Boston rolled baseline and Flicking that, flick basically a full overhead pass over both of the defenders to, I believe it was Boston. Um, that'd have been a different bit, but it was one of the, but, it, but, but you get the point. Just, just being able to 
get in, get in there and read more spots. She's applying ball pressure a little bit better now. She's tracking wings better the way she did at Indiana. And it's very encouraging, I think, for the signs of her development and the uh, idea that she is going to play up to who we thought she could be. Yeah, she was always going to be better than she showed in, like, the preseason games. And her first WNBA minutes, it's also not an easy task to uh, have your first minutes as a professional come with uh, Rebecca Gardner with a personal vendetta against <laughs> you, it seems. Um, but it's something that um, Steve and Nikias at the Dunker Spot have brought up a couple times with Grace Berger, is that she's really fallen into the groove of just doing her job. Uh, it seems that she's figured out a little more clearly what it is that she is uh, supposed to do with the fever right now. And she is uh, she's going to do her job. She's falling into a more comfort with that. And that was something that she struggled with for the first couple games. It was like, oh, I got to create plays. You don't really need to do that much. You have a couple of really impressive offensive bigs on that team and some awesome off-ball scoring options. You just come in and do your job, and you're going to get more minutes. And that's what she's done as the season has progressed a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's the thing about the fever overall right now is just there's a lot of players just being able to do their job, whether it's Melissa Smith, uh, who whose job is mostly to create and be you know a, a standout offensive player, but she's she's not she's not trying to do everything, and it's really made her look really clean inside the arc. Smith Burger, like you mentioned, Christy Wallace, Lexi Hall, being able to attack closeouts like she is. Victoria Vivians, you know, only attacking closeouts finally not trying to create any shots anymore. I mean, everyone is sort of falling in line with the system. It's, I think, one of the reasons why they're playing for a team of their age, very clean and smooth basketball. All right, so after the break, we'll delve into Ivana Dojkic and Haley Jones' impact for their respective teams. And we're back. I'm your host, Under Cruz, and we appreciate you for making Lockman's Basketball your first listen every day. And let's shift our focus to Ivana Dojkic of the Seattle Storm. The 25-year-old rookie is averaging nine points on 54, 43, 71 splits through nine games. Dojkic has stepped. That is very good. But Dojkic has stepped into a larger starting role for the Storm after being near the bottom of Seattle's rotation at points to start the season. So for you, M, what has led to this increased usage and why is she thriving of late? So there's a couple different things that have led to the increased usage. There all pretty straightforward. One, she's been good. Like, she was very good in the backup role. The, the last time she came off the bench, I, I said during the game that it was only a matter of time before Mercedes Russell and or Kia Nurse were going to get benched for her because she was you know, easily, a, she's pretty much easily the third best player on the team through their first few games. You know, the minutes, like we said, for all the rookies, you know, it's up and down your first few games until you get the handle of things. She's She's been a player for Virtus Bologna the past couple of years. She hasn't needed to really adjust um, to professional athletes in the way that some of the other rookies we're talking about have to. But, you know, just getting up to speed of the WNBA is a different thing. And so, you know, once she sort of got that under her belt, she'd had a couple 20-minute or, or so games off the bench and then immediately was basically into the starting lineup because she was better uh, than most of the other options for the Storm. You know, Mercedes Russell, the, the two-center lineups don't work these days. Um, Kim Russell's has her struggle. She's still starting, but I mean, if I like it was hitting shots up the bench, she was basically their best wing defender already. And I mean, look, it's it's great. This is this is where I get to her uh, her per forty per forty minutes. She's taking six threes. 
and hitting them, like you said, a 43% clip. Pretty good. What about you, Lincoln? What have you seen um, in her minutes? Yeah, Doikic is one of those players who's um, an important archetype to have, especially for a team whose best player is mostly playing off the ball. Someone who can uh, take a little bit of pressure off of your best perimeter players um, and can kind of attack weaker defenders when they're guarding her. Someone who can hit spot-ups at a pretty high rate. Someone who can playmake a little bit. That's all going to be really important things to have uh, in a player either next to Jewel Lloyd or in Jewel Lloyd's place. Uh, and especially for a team that's still searching for their long-term point guard option. Um, having someone who can playmake a little bit and shoot a high percentage from three is just – a really important thing to have on your team. And it's not just the offensive play. I I think just to mention what I was saying about you know her winning defense before, I'm like we're we're gonna see her get more challenged as the season goes on, as they play different teams, as as opponents have more tape on her. But you know, physically, her ability to slide, her ability to use her hips to be physical, to deter drivers, uh, even defending off of the, off of closeouts is has been incredibly impressive so far. Um, she has been a real playmaker when it comes to when it comes to steals and blocks. I mean, she's pretty average in blocks, but the steals have been pretty high. And part of that is the Seattle system, but part of that is the fact that she's really damn good at zoning up the backside and being able to read passing lanes. She's had pick sixes on uh, Elena Deladon passing out of the post. She's had pick sixes uh, against, I, I believe it was Jordan Canada the last time they played against the Sparks. It's really impressive what she's able to do both on and off the ball. And, you know, Again, we're going to see things adjust as teams get more tape, as the Storm and, and Dorkic get challenged in different ways than what they've been challenged with so far. But I mean, what we're what we're looking at here is one of the is is like a three and D plus player, one of the and one of really the more the more valuable uh, role players in the league if she can maintain her current pace. All right, so let's shift focus to Haley Jones. In back to back games, she scored over ten points on the season. She's averaging five point seven points. 3.2 rebounds, 3.9, no, 3.9 rebounds, 3.2 assists, 139, 40, 100 splits. But for Haley Jones, it's just been the development in terms of just confidence in general. I think it was post-game, after, yeah, after, last, after the last game against Connecticut, Haley spoke on just the accountability that Ryan Howard just had for her. Like, she was picking up her dribble early. She was kind of just playing hesitant a little bit. And Ryan was just like, okay, keep your dribble. Just keep your options open. And then as the game progressed, she started to get more confident. We saw in the fourth quarter, she started to kind of explode, which really helped um, Atlanta get a win there. But, yes, in general, I've been extremely impressed with Haley. Um, similar to the same questions we had going into the, into the draft, just the burst in general has been kind of tough. She struggled to finish a little bit. She loves that underhand scoop. But it's been, it's been ineffective at times. She'll kind of rush things. She'll – It'll she'll mm-hmm. take weird angles to the rim, but in general, I've been impressed. But um, what have you guys seen? Starting with you, Lincoln. Yeah, Haley. One of her greatest advantages is her size. Um, she has really good size for someone who's playing on the ball a lot, and uh, especially against teams like Connecticut, who are going to be playing one or two pretty small guards most of the time. Uh, she has that advantage and that ability to just kind of bully those smaller guards and put them. Under the basket, um, she's not going to do that all the time, but that's something that she has in her tool bag. Um, something that's really important for her is to create those uh, paint touches and create rim pressure 
Um, and whether she scores out of that or she um, throws to an open um, teammate out of those drives, out of those maybe opposed touches, uh, that's something that's going to be really important for her becoming like a plus viable offensive player, especially as kind of a lead playmaker, which is the, the role that she's been playing in a lot for Atlanta uh, with their injuries at the point guard position. Um, that's that's something that they, they need a lot is someone to create for them offensively. And she's been mostly up to the task. She leads all rookies in assists per game and assist rate. Um, which I don't know if I would have bet on that coming into the season. I think so, so because you guys have been so praiseworthy, and I agree. I mean, the, the only thing I'd add to the praise is that one of the things I've been impressed by is be, beyond the scoops uh, layup sort of quote-unquote problem. There's also sort of the counter that, you know, she's been really good at getting into the paint, and when she doesn't have necessarily an angle to get her in the scoop, she's been a lot more solid in the W at being able to hit those sort of turnaround pull-up Js that are, you know, eight feet, nine feet over a smaller defender in the way that, you know, at Stanford, her mechanics were just wonky and never stable, like, like I pointed out at the time. Um, her three-point form, you know, it's not like lightning quick catch and, catch and shoot. It's not a smooth one motion, but it's a hell of a lot better than it was at Stanford. She's stable now. The mechanics actually, you know, there is a, there is a gather, a load-up, and a transfer of power to the shot that just wasn't existent before. And it's really nice to see because it is actually just a solid three-point form. The, the dream, you know, over the past couple of drafts have sort of taken swings, uh, other than uh, other than Ryan Howard, have taken swings on players where, you know, it's the concept of if we can if we can teach a jump shot, which in the NBA is generally considered like the easiest thing to add to a player's game, you know, if we can add this to the game, then we, then, you know, they have everything else that you can't easily find in other places. And I think this is an interesting experiment in that. But I think to the other point, you know, th there are still some rough edges in her game that I don't think we necessarily know and can project as easily because these are the questions we had coming out of college. It's great to see that she's gotten to the point where the things that we thought would be strengths are strengths and some are even better. But, you know, there's still questions about the whether she can really still be a lead playmaker. She leads all rookies, I believe, in turnover rate as well. Her turnover rate's higher than her assist rate. It's, you know, there are there have been some lazy some lazy passes, and she's still getting used to what a passing window is in the W compared to in college. And, you know, the turnover rate's going to go way down once she figures that out. But it's still, you know, she has a high dribble. She's either scoring or she's playmaking. It's can we make these into one? Otherwise, you, you can't be a driving kick player if you're only a drive or kick player. If the defense, you know, improves over time, as, you know, all rookies do, how Aliyah Boston was a better defensive prospect than offensive prospect, and her defense has lagged way behind her offense so far. Like, once Haley's defense catches up, again, as all rookies do, then I think we'll have a more solid idea of, you know, what position can she make? Can she carve out a role for her minutes at? At this point, this is just encouraging to see, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Although, there, you know, I... I would just caution anyone who might be saying that, you know, she's clearly uh, she's clearly answering all the questions we had pre-draft and is going to be a star. Yeah, so, like, the thing with Haley Jones, the same with Jordan Horse, and we talked about on previous episodes, is just the value of reps for rookies. Like, just having this opportunity with Daniel Robinson out, with Ari McDonald out, she stepped into this large role because to start the season – 
Haley was behind Aerie, and she was also playing like four minute stretches to end each quarter. But now she's getting like longer, like eight minute stretches. She's starting quarter. She's starting the game. She's being able to work through these mistakes that just otherwise she, she would have. 32, 37, and right. 34 minutes past three games. Which is just like you talk about the turnovers, but just like individual game development, being able to have longer stretches, being able to work through things, like I said, with the turnovers, being able to pick up her dribble, just having the time, having just the willing, willingness of Atlanta's coaching staff and trust to give her the opportunity to just work through things. It's going to be extremely valuable for her long-term, but just also just this season in general to just take strides to become just even better players. So whenever Atlanta does get Daniel Robinson and gets Aerie back, that she'll have just a solidified role, I think. She'll have a more solidified role and just kind of know where she needs to be, where she needs to navigate on the court. So I've been, I've been impressed, yeah, and-, and I think, yeah. If she can continue to show that she has the ability to punish teams that put smaller defenders on her, it's going to force teams to make some uh, interesting matchup decisions uh, because you can't put a big wing on Alicia Gray and Ryan Howard and Haley Jones. So um, there's she uh, could she's in a good situation for her having uh, those other wing options who can create a little bit and shoot a lot and are going to help create mismatches for her. Yeah. So thanks for making Lots of Women's Basketball your first listen today. And I'll make your second listen game to game NBA. Every moment, every time performance, every result. Lots on game to game covers every game across the NBA with local analysis that only Lots on can deliver. Fall game to game on Lots on NBA. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.